Hello there, friends, and welcome to the New Testament in a Year. I'm Sean Bailey, and this is day number 33 in our journey of reading the New Testament. One chapter per day, every weekday of the year. That'll get us through the entire reading together as we uncover what God would have for us in the New Testament. You see, the New Testament is the story of the ministry and the life, ultimately the mission of Jesus Christ and the ministry that would follow through his disciples as they would build the foundation of the church and all that we see happen in the face of opposition. And today we are seeing the opposition that Paul and Silas have been facing. And we're getting to Acts chapter 17, so grab your Bible if you can and listen closely if you will. Let's read God's Word together. So before we get into Acts chapter 17, let's review, recap what we saw in the previous chapter as Paul and Silas were on their second missionary journey. They were accompanied by Timothy and later we're joined by Luke and uh, we saw that they faced this opposition they faced imprisonment but they had unwavering faith and they were committed to spreading the gospel and uh, we saw the amazing conversion of Lydia and how she invited into them into her home we saw the Philippian jailers conversion as their power of prayer and praise broke them free and they were delivered from prison it served as a testament to God's great power and faithfulness and now we get to carry on that amazing event that we saw that we closed in chapter 16 and we get to turn our attention to chapter 17 now in chapter 17 we're going to find Paul and his companions uh, Silas and Timothy and Luca they're traveling to the city now of Thessalonica. They're going to be entering the synagogues and they're going to have some conversations with both Jews and Gentiles. Now they'll face some pretty uh, strong opposition from the Jews, but many devout Greeks and, and prominent women embraced the message that Paul preached. And this resulted in a new community of believers that drew together. We'll see Paul's ministry in Thessalonica as he pushes and shares this great message. Some were persuaded, some weren't, as we said, but there was a riot that occurred. There's jealousy that would happen. Watch for that jealousy. Watch for how the Bereans respond. In Berea, they received the word with eagerness. And they examined the scriptures daily to see if what Paul said was true. Watch this happen. Listen for this as we read it, because this is this is this is pretty telling, um, and show and will show just the power of God's word. Many believed, including not just a few Greek women, but high-standing men. Right, and then. Uh, Check out Paul's encounter for Athens. Be watching for that. As he goes into Athens, he um, engages with these philosophers in the marketplace. Athens, as we know, is the, the, the central 
uh, home of all the Greek gods and covered in statues and all these false idols. And it's heartbreaking for Paul to see that as he goes into the city. He addresses it with great passion and fervor. Watch that. He, he, he gives a powerful speech in this chapter to all that can hear. And he proclaims who God is. He stands strong and um, ultimately fights for the truth of the true God and not all the Greek gods that he'll see. So let's read. <laughs> let's read Acts chapter 17 together. Here we go. There are uh, a total of 35, 4, 34, 34 verses in Acts chapter 17. Here's verse 1 and we'll read through it. After they passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As usual, Paul went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Messiah to suffer and rise from the dead. He said, This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah. Some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, including a large, large number of God-fearing Greeks, as well as a number of the leading women. But the Jews became jealous, and they brought together some wicked men from the marketplace. They formed a mob and started a riot in the city. Attacking Jason's house, they searched for them to bring them out into the public assembly when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city officials, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here too, and Jason has welcomed them. They are all acting contrary to Caesar's decrees, saying that there is another king, Jesus. Well, the crowd and city officials who heard these things were upset. After taking a security bond from Jason and the others, they released them. Verse 10. As soon as it was night, the brothers and sisters sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. Upon arrival, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. The people here were more noble, were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, since they received word with eagerness, and they examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Consequently, many of them believed, including a number of the prominent Greek women and men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica found out that the word of God had been proclaimed by Paul at Berea, they came there too, agitating and upsetting the crowds. Then the brothers and sisters immediately sent Paul away to go to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed there. Those who escorted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving instructions for Silas and Timothy to come to him as quickly as possible, they departed. Verse 16. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply distressed when he saw that the city was full of idols. So, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with those who worshipped God, as well as in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also debated with him. Some said, 
What is this ignorant show-off trying to say? Others replied, Well, he seems to be a preacher of foreign deities. Because he was telling the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. They took him and brought him into the Areopagus. Now, let me pause there. Areopagus, that word, it is a location. This is a hillside that is covered in stone seats where people would sit and the rulers of Athens would hold trials and debates and would have the opportunity for everyone to join together to discuss important matters, like a big amphitheater. And so Paul is able to give a message and to debate with all these philosophers about Jesus Christ being the Messiah. So let's jump back to the reading. Verse 19 again. They took him and brought him to the Areopagus and said, May we learn about this new teaching you are presenting? Because what you say sounds strange to us, and we want to know what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners residing there spent their time on nothing else but telling or hearing something new. Paul stood in the middle of the Areopagus and said, Now this is where Paul gives his passionate sermon. People of Athens, I see that you are extremely religious in every respect. For I was passing through and observing the objects of your worship. I even found an altar on which was inscribed to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. The God who has made the world and everything in it. He is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by hands. Neither is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives everyone life and breath and all things. From one man, he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. He did this so that they might seek God, and perhaps they might reach out and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of you and your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Since then, we are God's offspring. We shouldn't think about the divine nature that, like gold or silver or stone, an image fashioned by human art or imagination. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God now commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has set a day when he is going to to judge the world in righteousness by the man he has appointed. He has provided proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some began to ridicule him. But others said, we'd like to hear more from you about this. So Paul left their presence. However, some people joined him and believed, including Dionysius the Areopagite, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. That was the reading of Acts chapter 17. Let's take a moment to unpack everything that we just read there. 
Acts 17. We saw a lot going on there. You know, um, I really like the way that Paul stood up in Athens, don't you? His ministry that he just pushes forward, the ministry in Thessalonica, he enters that synagogue and reasons with the Jews for three Sabbaths from the scriptures. He explains to them and proves that Jesus had to suffer and and raise and be risen from the dead. Notice the cultural context here. Did you notice how the background of the cities that Paul was in, that it shapes the different reception of the gospel message? Thessalonica was a lot different than Philippi, and Philippi a lot different than Athens, different beliefs and acceptance of that. And Paul was willing to adapt his approach when he communicated with those different people. That's telling for us. Sometimes we can be so bold and shove it in your face style, and not everyone will accept that. Sometimes they need that. We need to understand who we're talking to and be able to reach them in ways that they can understand they can connect and they can truly relate to see the true need of Jesus in their lives. Paul approached it, letting his words be seasoned with salt and ultimately knowing how to and where to go to reach them. And then see the Bereans, their example, they heard this and they didn't just, they didn't just take it for as is, but they examined the scriptures diligently to discern the truth. I love that Berean example. We should be like the Bereans to take what we're hearing and not just accept it for as is. We can be so uh, gullible sometimes where we hear a pastor or a leader or uh, someone share a message about what they think is in the scripture and we take it for fact when we have to be diligent in God's word it ourselves. Maybe they're not sharing the message intentionally wrong. Maybe we need to dig into it and examine the scriptures to discern the truth for ourselves too. The importance of studying God's word with an open heart and being willing to learn cannot be overstated. And then Paul's apologetic method, his, his, his method of not just arguing, but really convincing in a matter of debating and how he was able to engage with the philosophers in Athens using the cultural references, what they know. And they were, he was able to use reasoning with that to connect to that to present the gospel to them. This is a great opportunity for us to, re- to reflect on just how relevant Paul's message was to the philosophical landscape then, but also to our time. How do we connect with people where they are and not just sit back and wait for someone to come to us and ask us about Jesus, but meet them where they are. God has called us to go and make disciples. Go is imperative. It is a word of action. Let us go and let us be bold and just like Paul. Let us share it in a way that can be received and without hesitation powerful example in Acts chapter 17. Great reading here. Thank you for joining me today. And I'm excited going to Acts chapter 18. It's rolling good now. Mercy. I look forward to speaking to you again in, uh, uh, in our next episode as we get into 18.
may you be blessed may your family be blessed and as a result may you be a blessing to everyone around you have a great day Thank you for listening to the New Testament in a Year podcast, where we simply read the Word of God and we try to unpack it so we can find application in our lives, knowing that there is nothing more powerful than God's Word. You see, Scripture is the only source that teaches us who God is and what God wants of us. My encouragement is that the Word of God will bless you and ultimately bless your friends and family. I'll encourage you to share this podcast with your friends, share it on your social media or by word of mouth. Join in. Let's read the word of God together. And through this, may God be glorified through our reading, listening, application, and understanding of his word together.